Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk a little college football is one of our favorite guests, and Kelly Ford from TheLines.com. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. So we had our college football playoff rankings last night. Florida State moves down to five. Washington is up to four. What messages, if any, were sent, do you think, by the committee as far as what this means for Florida State going forward? And as far as who is most deserving and who should get into the playoffs, playoff what are some scenarios that we need to be keeping mind as far as what the possibilities are as far as who can make it and who really cannot make it yeah ed well first thanks for having me i really appreciate it this is always one of my favorite spots that i do every single week so i love coming on and talking college football with you guys it's all about the playoff right now for sure especially the day after a committee releases their updated rankings I actually don't have a whole lot of quarrels with the committee this week. Um, in terms of messages that they sent, my most deserving rankings stack up the top five teams, the same five in a different order. I have Ohio State number one, as they have been for a few weeks, Michigan number two, Georgia is my number three this week. They're finally up into the top four. Georgia fans have been mad at me. They finally have a resume now that's deserving of being in the top four. I do mm. have Washington four and I have Florida State number five. So the message that the committee is sending is, one, they just think Georgia's the best team, and they won't say it because they're not allowed to, but they're the two-time defending national champions, and that carries weight in the human brain. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, it does. I don't think it should factor into the 2023 season. Those are program achievements, not this team achievements, but that is in the back of the committee's mind, that's for sure. So Georgia's up there. For Florida State, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, well, you don't have Jordan Travis, so if you're going to worry, worry, that's the reason to worry, and that's completely understandable. But I still think they control their own path. If they beat Florida this week in the Swamp, and then they beat Louisville in Charlotte in the ACC championship game, a 13-0 and Florida State ACC championship team, even without their starting quarterback for, for most of the regular season, they're in the playoff. Like I, I don't see a path where they're left out, even with Jordan Travis being out for the year. So I wouldn't worry about that. Washington? The message is the same. Now the committee respects you enough to put you in the top four. My numbers have said that for a few weeks that you should be there. Beat Oregon. Well, well, win the Apple Cup. That's always hard. Win the Apple Cup. Beat Oregon most likely in the Pac-12 championship game. And you're going to be just fine too. Each of these five teams, in my opinion, controls their own fate. Don't lose and you're in. Of course, Ohio State and Michigan, that can't be the case for both of them. Is Oregon in if they win out? Joe, it's a really good question. I am not sure. Based on where the committee has ranked Oregon this whole time, I think the committee would say yes. My most deserving rankings would not suggest so. I actually have Oregon as a somewhat distant eighth. Like I think there's those top five that are certainly right there. And then I have Alabama and Texas very, very close from a most deserving standpoint. Oregon is number eight, but they're, they're significant ways back. Now they can close that gap. They've got the Civil War this week against a good power-rated Oregon State team. And then they're going to get their shot at Washington in a rematch. Washington is a good power-rated team as well. So Oregon will close that gap. I'm not sure my most deserving rankings would put them in the top four, depending on how other things shake out. But I think because of where the committee has Oregon right now, Ohio State or Michigan, one of them's going to lose. As long as is if Oregon wins out, then Washington plays with a loss too. I think the committee would put them in. It doesn't matter if Florida State's undefeated, if the winner of Ohio State, Michigan's undefeated, if Georgia's undefeated. Where it gets tricky is what if Alabama beats Georgia and let's say Texas loses, so Texas is out of there. Does Oregon does Oregon get in above you know Alabama or Georgia? I I don't know where that goes, but I think if they win out based on the committee's rankings, they're probably in. Ah, love it. I'm excited for the Civil War this weekend. I know you said this is one of your favorite weekends. Where are you expecting a little chaos? 
Yeah, Aaron, uh, and it's not one of my favorite weekends. This is my favorite weekend. I love, oh, the college, okay. I, I love the college football regular season, and there is nothing like rivalry week. You see it on the screen there, rivalry week chaos. Absolutely. Um, anytime you've got rivals on the field, it, it really doesn't matter. You throw the records out, that's the cliche. I, I believe that. And when you're playing on the road, that's the hardest thing to do in college football, play on the road against your rivals. When they're an underdog, that gets even harder. I'm looking at Florida, Florida State. My numbers like Florida State to win that game. And if I go to my uh, team dashboards really quickly and see what I make that projected line, I have it Florida State minus 12 and a half. But my numbers aren't seeing Jordan Travis not playing. Now, Graham Mertz isn't playing for Florida either. So you've got a real quarterback conundrum there in this game. But that's a game, the first game without Jordan Travis, first bowl game, in a spot where you're going on the road, you're playing your one of your biggest rivals, if not your biggest rival. They're the underdog. They've got to get this win to be bowl eligible, so they're playing for a lot too. That's a spot that I'm looking at. Um, if we kind of go down the rest of the committee's rankings here, I don't think Georgia's in any trouble. Ohio State-Michigan, I, I, hey, that's going to be a fantastic game. Who wins? Michigan's the favorite by Vegas and my numbers, both by three and a half currently. Washington, the Apple Cup, that's difficult, but I don't think Washington State has the firepower to beat Washington this year. The Civil War, Aaron, you went there. I'll go there, too, if I go to my team dashboard for that one really quickly. My numbers love Oregon. I mean, there, you could make a case no one's playing better in the last month than Oregon. Maybe Georgia, now that they've rounded into form two. My numbers like Oregon mm -hmm. by about 13, but Oregon State's going to have that extra something because we don't know when the next Civil War is going to be. Oregon's bolting for the Big Ten. Oregon State would like nothing more than to ruin their rival season once again. Remember, this is a this is a revenge game for Oregon. Oregon State got them last year uh, in a crazy game in Corvallis. This one's in Autzen that makes it much more difficult for the Beavers, but watch out for that one too. Well, let's get to Ohio State and Michigan and talk about that game a little bit more. I know you kind of cited that uh, Michigan is three and a half point favorites. Uh, makes a lot of sense there, but I'm also curious as far as there are reasons to believe that Ohio State and Michigan really haven't had like certain competition to make you believe you know exactly what you're going to be expecting out of both of them. At least the argument could be made. Maybe that's not the case. But also, too, with Jim Harbaugh not being on the sideline, how do you handicap that? Because if things go sideways for Michigan, does that affect things? How do you kind of see it playing out? Yeah, Ed, um, full disclosure here, I am an Ohio State fan. Now, I'm going to look at this game objectively first, and then I'll give my slanted fan, fan take, too. <laughs> this game has a watchability score of 9.9 out of 10 for me. It's the number one game of the entire regular season by this metric that I, that I put out every week. It, it, I couldn't be more excited for this game. As an Ohio State fan, I couldn't be more nervous for this game. Um, I already talked about the resumes. Ohio State's my number one most deserving. Michigan's my number two. The winner of this game will be my number one in the in the resume rankings going into conference championship game weekend. The question is, will they be the committees? I'm not sure. If Michigan wins, I don't think so. If Ohio State, maybe they have that conversation between them and Georgia. This is the first time since 2018 that I've had Ohio State as a regular season underdog. It's been a very long time. Ohio State's lost a couple of regular season games since then, but they've never been a projected underdog by my model since 2018. You asked, how do you handicap it not knowing exactly what these teams are? Because, you know, you still question who have they played. I think Michigan more so than Ohio State, but that's fair. I mean, Penn State game, Ohio State's got Notre Dame. Who else? You know, Maryland. We're going to get each team's best shot in this game. I think Ryan Day learned how to call a game in a measured way very aggressively against Georgia last year. Now, he doesn't have C.J. Stroud in this one like he did against Georgia, but I think he learned how to call a game aggressively in a measured way in a big-time spot that he hasn't done against Michigan before, at least since 2019. Um, so 
I think he's going to be able to do that. Jim Knowles on the defensive side has really sure things up. They've changed their approach. They're not going for the knockout blows anymore. They're sitting back and they're saying, you're not going to beat us over the top. We're not going to give up the big play. We're going to challenge you to beat us on a play-in, play-out basis, march your way down the field and don't make mistakes. No one's been able to do that yet, but Michigan definitely presents the biggest test. What do you make of Harbaugh? It's anyone's guess. They certainly rally around him. Free, free coach Harbaugh. They get emotional after the wins as they should. Uh, 1,000 last week. It's very hard. It's at Michigan. Something inside me just feels better from an Ohio State perspective this year than I did last year, even though that game was in Columbus and Ohio State was favored. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I don't know what to make of it. My heart wants Ohio State. The numbers say Michigan. I just hope it's a good game. What about the scoring? Uh, that's where I'm at. I mean, you being an Ohio State fan, you've watched these Big Ten clashes for y- your entire life. Like We've seen these low-scoring games. We've seen it in, in the bigger matchups earlier this year where they were just dead unders. 46. Uh, I, I like the under there. How about you? I think it's the low. You have to fact check me. I think it might be one of the lower totals in this game, in the game that we've seen uh, in recent right. years. And I completely understand why. Michigan is my number one defensive unit in the entire country. Ohio State, they're number two. So you've got the top two defenses huh. in the entire country. The Michigan offense for me is number six. Ohio State is only, I kind of say that with air quotes, only number 17. It's the lowest I've had the Ohio State offense power rated all year uh, at this point. It's in Ann Arbor. To me, that's the difference. But you're talking about the scoring. Absolutely. Like, we might get a defensive score in this game. That wouldn't surprise me because these defenses are that good. And, yes, you can talk about, you know, have they played a lot of really good offenses? Is this a function of these defenses being good or a function of the offenses that they've played? That's a fair question. But my numbers are opponent-adjusted, and so are some others that are out there that view these units very, very highly. Uh, It's going to be a great defensive battle, and as someone who actually prefers defense to offense, I know that's not a popular opinion in 2023. Maybe that's my Big Ten background growing up in the Midwest, right? Maybe. I don't know. I really love defense, and I'm excited for this and that aspect of this game for sure. Love it. I grew up in the Northwest, and the Apple Cup is a big deal. This one in the Seattle area at Husky Stadium. Any chance Wazoo can keep this one close? Aaron, I first just want to say I'm very excited by the news that came out this past weekend. They've extended the Apple Cup series. They're going to continue playing yes. this game, even though even though Washington is going to the Big Ten. The, to me, the biggest casualty of conference realignment, I, I, I love geographic conferences. We're way past that. The rivalries that we're losing because of commentary alignment, I'm talking about Bedlam, I'm talking about the Civil War, I'm talking about the Apple Cup. Well, they're, they're keeping that one. They're bringing it back. Great. I, I am so excited for that. I'm excited for you and all, everyone who roots for these teams, everyone from the Pacific Northwest. It's great. Okay. For this game, my numbers have Washington minus 17 and a half. I, that's why I didn't really oh. mention it as one of those, those upset games. Yeah. I, I just mm. I just think this Washington offense, they're number four for me in the country. Their defense is number 40. The Washington State offense for me is number 38. So that's a pretty good matchup on that side of the ball. It's in Seattle, though. That, of course, hurts Washington State's chances. This Washington State defense is a season-low number 67 for me right now. I just... I don't think they're able, they're going to be able to get enough stops and keep up in this game. That means a ton to both sides, but Washington's got their eye on bigger things this year than just a win in the rivalry game. So never overlook an opponent. Washington State needs it to be bowl eligible. Um, don't overlook your rival. That's like 101 in college football lessons. But I just think Washington, they're going to be, they're going to be focused. They're going to be ready to go. They've got potentially Oregon on tap next week in a rematch that no one's giving them a chance, including my numbers. So they're going to be ready for that one. And then hopefully they, uh, they make their way into the CFP if they're able to be successful there too 
Kelly, let's get to the Iron Bowl here. Alabama's a 14.5-point favorite with a total of 49. How bad was that loss for Auburn last week against New Mexico State in terms of what we see from the Tigers going forward? It was bad, and I um, so as I've got the five TV setup going in the basement, you know, I'm watchability scores. That game didn't crack the watchability graphic, if you can believe it. Why would it, right? It's it's Auburn wow. and New Mexico State. I, I mean, any any rational person would say that's probably not going to be that close to the game. <laughs> well, New Mexico State showed up. Auburn kind of forgot to. So I'm checking scores in the second half, and I look and I said that can't be right. So I clicked on it. It was still the same thing. I said there's a problem with this app. So I went to a different app, and it was the same score. I go, okay, I got to put this game on. So I turn it on because I had to see it with my own eyes. Auburn fell 2.5 points in my power ratings this week. That was the second biggest drop in the country from last week to this week. Two and a half points in a, as a difference from week two to week three or week three to week four. That's not a big deal. We see that all the time. Two and a half points from week 12 to week 13 is a massive deal. The, the model really downgraded Auburn based on their performance last week. What does that mean for this game? My numbers have Alabama minus 12 and a half. Alabama's the better team. Uh, they do have to go on the road, of course, uh, but New Mexico State just showed you you can win on the planes for, for whatever that's worth. But it is the Iron Bowl. This is a huge game. I'm not from the South. Let's talk about it. From the Midwest, I love this game. I get excited about it. The kick six, one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic moment in all of college mm -hmm. football history, at least in my opinion. This game delivers when you don't expect it to. Alabama's a big favorite. They've got their eye on the CFP. They can't, they, they've got their eye on Georgia next week. If it was any team other than Auburn on the schedule this week, I'd be very worried about Alabama and a look ahead. They're not overlooking the Iron Bowl. There's no way. So I think Alabama gets it done. I, I think they roll in this one, honestly. 81% chance to win. The, Auburn, their problem is their offense. They're number 70 for me in, in the unit rankings. Auburn should never be that bad on offense. They only scored 10 points at home against New Mexico State last week. That's a problem. I think Alabama gets it done, and uh, it's just set up a great showdown in Atlanta between uh, Georgia and Alabama next week. What do your numbers tell you about no Jordan Travis? They're still a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, against Florida and yeah I mean I, you would assume it's not sharp it's a bit of a guessing game and letting the market decide what it should be right Yes, Joe, agreed. My, my model makes it Florida State minus 12 and a half. But again, that's not explicitly considering no Jordan Travis. Now, I don't think Jordan Travis is worth six points. Some people might disagree with that. I, I don't think really any college quarterback is worth that many points. I've kind of talked about that before and done some research on that. Florida, though, without Graham Mertz, you have to take that into account as well. At six and a half, I would take Florida State to cover that. My model would suggest you take Florida State to cover that. We don't know what to make of it, though, uh, because of these uncertainties at the quarterback positions on both sides. We don't know how is a team going to react going into a hostile environment for a Florida team that does have to win to be bowl eligible, as I talked about earlier. But this Florida State team, the offense, we can expect them to maybe not be as good. That makes sense. But this defense, Jordan Travis doesn't play defense. And this defense is number eight in the country for me nationally. Uh, this Florida mm -hmm. defense is number 82. So even without Travis, I think the Florida State offense is going to be able to score some points here. Again, I've said it once. I've said it 100 times. Rivalry week. You throw the records out. You throw the stats out. Anything can happen. This is a game that I do think uh, Florida State should be on upset alert for, but the model suggests they should get it done. And I think at six and a half, okay. I, I would be inclined to, to lay those points. About 30 seconds. What's your one seed on Thanksgiving? You a turkey guy? Where? What's your go-to? I mean, Aaron, look at me. I like pie. Uh, pumpkin pie. I know that's like a cliche <laughs> answer. I like pie. <laughs> pumpkin pie uh also I, I do like stuffing as well my grandma makes really good stuffing so that's good too yes there, there oh, we go see. 
We are a stuffing show on this program, so there you go. Nicely done. Kelly Ford of the Lions.com. Also, make sure to follow his work on X at KFord Ratings. Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. This is Bank 12 Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for Week 12 right here on the Bank 12 Network.